Robots Radio presents Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. I'm not usually a hat fan, but wow. Maybe like the and I'm really sipping on that dumb bitch juice today. And, um... <laughs> yeah, I am. But you know what? Someday I just might grow out of that. But you, you will never stop being a jerk. All chocolate cakes are good. You're a fascist. It's hideous. It's horrible. It's home. Angry white boy. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, the plucky white boy who's going to fail his way upward. That's Chad Echowitz. That's Simone LaRue. Good <laughs> Lord. I did not know where you were going with that. And holy crap, you were right. Unbelievable. Is that not just every fantasy movie of all time? You know, I think that's why we uh, started getting more into fantasy that wasn't written by mediocre white men. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think we were tired of it by the the early two thousands, as as the two movies that we're yeah, going to be I think doing that today was a do show. Point. Yeah, yeah. We've had centuries of it. Let's let's shake Although, it up a little bit. I mean, The Witcher was also written by a very grumpy old man, but at least he knows he's grumpy. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that really translates well into Geralt's mm. character. To be mm. fair, you just know. slutty, grumpy Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so great. I would love that. You know, when in like interviews and things, they're like, give us two words to describe you. I would love it to be slutty and grumpy. Slutty and grumpy. (laughs) Honestly, I want that on a t-shirt. Right? (laughs) That'd be so good. (laughs) Right. So if you guys haven't guessed by now what we're doing, we are doing Mm. fantasy action movies. And also technically because of the movies that we chose, a Jeremy Irons week kind of turns out. Jeremy Irons plus dragons. Jeremy Irons plus Dragons Week. <laughs> this is the longest title of all time. Um, this is a very specific week, yes. Very, very specific week. So we will be doing Dungeons and Dragons and Aragon, which is, oh boy. A, a movie, an adaptation yeah. of a book. Yes, it, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, Simone, before we get into all of the business, mm. what is your, like, mm. favorite fantasy? Like, book, movie, doesn't matter. Like, what oh, is the go-to tough. for you? That's it tough. Is tough. It is tough. Why would you? Okay. Why don't you just ask me to pick my favorite child? <laughs> well, it would obviously um, be the bespectacled, bespectacled one. I, obviously, like Tolkien is mm. the king because yeah. it's, yeah. Um, yeah. I loved The Hobbit when I was a kid. Um, and obviously, I loved the Lord of the Rings movies. I also mm. like Pirates of the Caribbean, which isn't high fantasy, but it definitely is fantasy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. At the moment, obviously, enjoying The Witcher quite a lot. Yes. Yes. How much? Uh, how much further are you in the games, or haven't you been able to play in a while? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) Out of Skellige, if that means anything to anyone. (laughs) As far as I'm aware, that's pretty far. You know, for for adults who do not game a lot, that is far. Like, good on you. Thanks. (laughs) Let's see. Obviously, like Princess Bride. Does that count? Yes, because like it's yeah. technically fantasy because it's like politics meets you know made up Magic. places. Yeah, meets yeah. true love. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like I like fantasy so much. It's like the it's best, very hard. One of the best genres out there. Yeah, it's um, very hard to pick. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Do do you have an answer locked and loaded? No, I really don't. I mean, the only one that I haven't that you haven't said because I agree with literally everything that you've uh-huh. said there. Like Lord of the Rings, spectacular. Hobbit, great. The only one that I'm thinking that that you haven't mentioned, and I'm I'm debating whether it does fall under the realm of fantasy, is uh, American Gods, Neil Gaiman, because it's oh. technically like 
you know, it's God's no, stuff. No, I think that definitely. Yeah. And let's be honest, a lot of Neil Gaiman stuff. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 very sort of fantastical. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then of course, it just popped into my head. It's more of a joke answer than anything. But Shrek, right? That is high fantasy. Huh. Dragons. It's fighting. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. You're right. I'm mad, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Shrek fantasy genre. Interesting Great. take. Yes. So, Simone, let's see who goes first. What are you drinking this afternoon? I uh, got a little wild yesterday, so I'm taking it very easy today (laughs) because uh, I value my liver a little bit. Um, Mm. So I'm just having my uh, lockdown special, which, as as you'll recall, was uh, homemade lemonade with some bitters in. Ah, lovely, lovely. Mm. You know, it's a harken back to... Would we call it simpler times or more horrific I, times? I wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's a time I certainly try not to reflect on. Too good, often. good plan. Good plan. It'll be very much that that trauma that lives with us all forever. We just, just don't that deal we with shall it. Shall not name. Yeah, yeah. This is this is twenty twenty again, but like the better version, like the yeah, one yeah. that we're okay with. Yeah, yeah. The one we deserve. Um, I I, I remember seeing like someone tweeted. They're like, yeah, I totally get why like there weren't any um. Move, there's not a bunch of movies and literature about the Spanish flu and stuff. Like, <laughs> of course, no one wants to relive that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're so, so very right. And I think this will be a very interesting take because obviously there are some movies now that have come mm-hmm. out that are, are, are qu- like quarantine based. And we'll see how well those sort of get, you know, sectioned into the annals of time, I, I think. Already don't want to watch it. <laughs> Like, I do not, like, I have no interest in going on those things. And, like, you know, there's that one action movie that we saw. Like, what's it called? Like, Song oh, Flight, Songbird. No, no, no. The other one oh. where, like, with oh god, the, that the other evil one guy. was even worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Songbird. Yeah, song Ooh, yeah. Like, let's not. Like, let's just, you Can know. Can we please, guys? Yeah, let's avoid avoid it. If any of our listeners ever watch it, please do tell us how it is. because <laughs> We're probably going to have to do a pandemic episode at some don't, point, Chad. So. Don't curse us like that. Don't, don't do it. Just because it's the truth. You're not wrong. You're not wrong as you you know angrily sip your drink. <laughs> um, what are you drinking? Well, as as our YouTube listeners can see, I have matched your orangey color because yeah. I am drinking orange blood gin, blood orange gin <gasps> with sprites. Oh, yum! Mm, it's so oh, that's good. That's a lot of gin. It's to be fair, it's mixed with sprite, so you know oh, I would okay. say. I would say I thought about, it was like pure gin, and I was like, "Is Chad okay?" Oh, I'm gonna get lit. I've got one week before I start my job, and it's just gonna be the most destructive week of my life. I'm gonna sure, age sure, sure. thirty you gotta, years. You gotta week. break yourself all the way back down to build uh-huh. yourself back up. I get exactly. You. Yeah, you you understand. You know where my mind is. <laughs> but no, it is a responsible level of gin. I would say maybe like half a finger's worth of gin, uh, and then the rest is Sprite. So there you fair go. enough. Yeah, that so, is a responsible amount of gin. Yeah, so I guess I guess I go first because it's yes. gin versus bitters, right? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah, let's get Aragon out of the way. Anyway. Yeah, I'd rather we just like shit on this movie because I low key love Dungeons and Dragons, so I'm so ready. Good. Oh yay! I thought you were gonna hate it. I'm so glad you liked it. Fucking I've got yes. A lot of okay. Feelings, but yeah, no, I have fun. I'm so glad you liked it. Excellent. Okay, let's do this. Let's let's get Aragon out of the way fast as possible. All right, here we go. Back in the before times, the land of Alagasia was a place of peace and prosperity. This was all due to the Dragon Riders, a group of men and women who kept the peace with the help of their dragons. This was until Galbatroix. 
Gal- Gal- Galbatorix. But Galbatorix, thank you, played by John Markovich, uh, one uh, one of the dragon riders turned on the others, slaughtering the others with the help of a few fellow turncoats. Now, he, now he rules the land with an iron fist, enforcing his rule with malice and ensuring that any defectors or resistance is stamped out quickly and with great prejudice. Our story begins with Arya, played by Sienna Gailori, uh, who, who is with names today. I don't know. I'm having a difficult name day. It's one of those days. Hmm. Uh, Guy Laurie, uh, who is on the run from Galbatorix's men who are led by a shade or dark wizard named Jerza, played by Robert Carlyle. She is carrying a very important stone that is a key to the resistance's plan. Arya is running through the forest when she is captured by Derza and his men. But before they can get to the stone, a young farm boy by the name of Aragon, played by Ed Sp- uh, Spaliers, is able to pick it up and hide it from Galbatorix's men. Aragon returns to his village and hides the stone and goes about his business. That's when he meets Brom, played by Jeremy Irons. Brom seems to uh, seems like a complete lowlife, but he constantly challenges Galab- uh, Galbatorix's men and seems to want to fight for justice and honor. Brom also speaks about the before times and about the dragon riders, and Aragon really likes this kind of talk. A day or so later, Aragon is looking at the stone when suddenly it starts to move. The outer surface starts to crack. That's when he realizes it's not a stone at all, but in fact, an egg. When it hatches, he has no idea what it is, but after some conversations with Brom, he realizes it's a dragon. After torturing Arya- What the else would it be, Aragon? Right? What the Jesus. fuck else? I mean... Okay, sorry. You know okay. what? Get through the synopsis. Get through the yeah. synopsis. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm as mad as you are. There are lots of things that I want to pick apart on this. So we're, it's going to be a rage. So let's 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 barrel through. Okay. So after torturing Arya, Dursa learns that the egg is now in Aragorn's possession. So he sends out some of his men to go and kill Aragorn. The men go to his uncle's farm looking for him, but Aragorn isn't there because he's out with his dragon. So they slaughter his uncle. Aragorn is upset as heck, but Brom consoles him by setting the whole farm on fire. Aragorn then reveals to Brom that he has a dragon. Brom realizes that Aragorn is the last hope for the free people of Alagazia and that he must take Aragorn to the resistance, a group called the Vada. On their journey, Brom also teaches Aragorn how to train his dragon and how to fight. During the journey, Aragorn switches between being the reluctant hero and the overconfident hero, all uh, all of which is pretty hard to watch. This is until one night when Arya visits Aragorn in his dreams, begging him for help and telling him where to find her. She is being kept in Durza's castle, and she begs him to come and rescue her. When he wakes, he tells Brom, and Brom's like, fuck no, that's in the other direction to the Vada, and it's also most certainly a trap. Aragorn is recalcitrant and decides to do what he wants to do anyway. So he it goes off to say- recalcitrant. I know, I'm trying to, trying to up everyone's vocal. Get your vocabulary. SAT words in there. Exactly, I'm going for those LSATs big time. Um, <laughs> So he goes off to save Arya. Turns out Brom was right, and it was a trap. As Derza is about to kill Aragorn, Brom jumps in the way and gets stabbed by a spear. He dies, and Aragorn promises, promises to avenge him. He fires an arrow into Derza's head, but then later learns that the only way to kill a shade is by piercing his heart. So Aragorn and Arya travel to the Vada. They win their trust and get ready for the big final battle against Derza and his army. After a long struggle, the Vada win, and Aragorn is able to kill Derza. However, Aragorn's dragon is badly hurt during the battle. Aragorn tries to heal her with magic, and it almost kills him. But it doesn't, and the dragon and is all healed up and safe. Now, Galabatorix is super mad and says he's going to finish the job off himself. That's when his dragon is revealed. The end. The end. Chad, what is your cliffhanger? I think, for me, it has to be this one. It's too much of a risk. That egg was sent to me. 
I'll decide what risk I take, not you. Harrigan, this is more than about just us. If I don't, you'll be killed. Yes, and it's a sacrifice she's happy to make. Because she values your life over hers. I won't let her die. If she dies, then she'll join the countless others who died waiting for you. As the Varden now wait for you. You must try and understand it's your life that's important. I do understand. One false move, one reckless decision, and everything is lost. It's good to be brave, but sometimes it's better to be wise. Paragon, listen to me! Your shame is not mine! You forgot what it means to be a dragon rider. And it is the most frustrating scene on the planet. And it's the one where Brahm is like, no, don't go save Arya. It's a trap. You need to come to the Varda. It's so clearly like, a trap, my god. Like, oh my god. And he's just like, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm the dragon rider and I decide what goes on. And I'm just like, okay, dude, shut the fuck up. I hate you so much. So I tried to go into this with a very <laughs> open heart. Because I remember I read the books as yeah. a kid the books are also like i don't want to shit on the source material too much right. because i don't know if you know this but the author christopher paulini right he actually wrote the books when he was 15 and self-published wow. when he was 19 so wow. it's like you know like what the fuck have i done you know mm -hmm. i get you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so i don't want to like shit on it too much but it is also very clear that a 15 year old boy who loves yes. fantasy wrote this and that's yes. okay Yes, but we can't expect it to be anything bigger than that, right? And yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. And there are so many things that just don't make sense when you're watching this movie. Now, I never read the book, so I didn't know sort of like what was made up and what is canon. Yeah. But like the whole relationship between the dragon and the dragon rider makes very little sense to me because, you know, this dragon has been waiting thousands of years to meet yeah. Aragon. Aragon is going to live 70, 80 years at a push. And then when he I dies... Longer lives because of oh, dragon right. magic. Of dra dragon magic. We love dragon magic. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, otherwise, that's a pretty shitty thing. Like, the dragon's going to live yeah. 80 years because, like, their lives are tied to the to the human's life. Yeah. Also, Look, again. It's a rigged system. Yeah. Like, what if the what if the person just gets, like, sick? Gets, like, TB or, you know, <laughs> a random aneurysm. Suck. Yeah. <laughs> so that, like, yeah. Whew. Yeah. So I, I get you. Like, you've got to come in with this to this with an open mind. But even if you do... It is very hard to keep going through it. It's a rough watch. It's, yeah. um, Aragon's a big dum-dum. Yes, he's the worst. Yes. And shit just comes so easily to him. Like, this dragon egg hatches, <laughs> and he's, like, so dumb about it. He's like, oh, what do I do? And Brom's like, okay, here's what you fucking do. And then he, like, <laughs> just figures out magic, and Brom keeps being like, this takes years of study and training. Yeah. And Aragon's like, oh, what's the word for this? And then he just does the magic. And <laughs> And then, and then every time someone new encounters Aragon, they're like, oh, you're just a child. And he's like really upset about it. But yeah. it's like, yeah, my yeah. guy, if I had met the one who was supposed to save the empire and it was like this dumbass kid, I'd also yes. be like, oh. Yeah, you would be disappointed because you would want him to be more. Like, it makes no sense. And, like, I understand why he would be mad about it. Like, it's very many, like, it's a microaggression. It's a lot just of people going, oh. Yeah, when you show up. But, like, then again, he does inspire that because he is such a baby. And then, like, I think that's what really annoyed me about this movie is because he kept flip-flopping flip between, you know, the overconfident one, like, oh, I can do anything. I could have taken them. And yeah. then, and, like, at one point he literally says the words, I, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not ready to be a hero. And it's just like, 
okay pick one, you, pick one, pick one my brother buddy. Yeah, Like, this is not good character growth at all. If I recall, obviously, I think the book was a little Mm -hmm. bit better. Obviously, this is, like, always the problem, right, with trying to adapt a fantasy book into a movie is you have to cut out a lot of world building and character building uh, and just, like, sort of skip scene to scene really quick. Like, I I try to be understanding about that. But, like, uh, I also, my understanding is that the guy that they... uh, cast as Aragon like he'd never mm-hmm. acted before oh he was like okay. plucked from obscurity which is a strange move yeah. like I understand casting someone who's relatively unknown because mm-hmm. like you know then you're not projecting previous characters onto them yeah. or whatever yeah. like I get that but like maybe pick someone and yeah. with an acting background <laughs> yeah someone with an acting background or like who has done really minimal obscure things because I mean yeah you know, like, like done a couple of indie films. Yeah, like Jennifer Lawrence. She had done a yeah. couple things before she did um, um, uh, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Thank you. And, you know, it was the fact, like, you know, we didn't know her. Like, she wasn't a household name, but, like, you could tell that she's been in this business for a while. Yeah. Where this guy, I don't know, he just, oh, <sighs> not great. Like, and they, look, keep, they keep doing these, like, close-up shots on his face, mm. like, you know, I guess that's what the director wanted, but he's like not acting in those close shots. <laughs> it's just his face. He's just his face, like cool. Okay, this is fun. Yeah. It is it is really tough. And like, okay, g- bless him because he, he did have some like really bad source material to work with. Like his script wasn't great. Um yeah. but you and I think that that again is why you need someone a little bit more in in the know of these things like I mean if you look at Jeremy Irons Irons in both of these movies that we're doing today in both Aragon and Dungeons and Dragons the dude can can make it work like the dude works Jeremy Irons knows the assignment (laughs) (laughs) dude dude works really really hard on his lines and he nails them even if they are awful he he completely smashes it and I love him for it Jeremy (laughs) (laughs) I I don't really understand casting John Malkovich as the bad guy. He's like the least threatening looking man in the world. He's not scary at all. I was so weird seeing him up there. and like lied as an evil guy. I'm like, okay, John. <laughs> yeah, calm down. Like his voice doesn't allow for evil. Like maybe maniacal at a push, like a bit psychopathic, but never evil. Like it makes no sense to cast him. Like the guy who played the shade would have been a better guy for that like if they swapped the roles that would have kind of made more sense to me (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, man oh my god goodness me um so what did you actually enjoy about it let's let's move on to what this podcast is about so so is there anything that you can pull out of this like what strands uh baby safira the dragon was very cute yes yes i agreed Uh, i actually like the bigger dragon too to be fair i thought they did a really good job with the cgi yeah, I mean, it was, what, early 2000s? Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> I liked his hunky friend with a tragic backstory later on. I remember reading the book and being like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, an angry young man, okay. This is this is always your go-to, your, your I can fix him moment. Goodness Ooh, me, yeah. I could, though. He hates his dad <laughs> so much. Him so much. I do think that was a that was a missed opportunity as well because he is a un- unfortunately in this book he is a far more interesting character and he's only there at the end and you're just like why did you not follow this guy? I like, let's I wanna, about yeah, him. I want to know this guy's story. Yeah, and, and he now he me... helps the dumbass new dragon writer. <laughs> yes, this this beautiful himbo who makes no sense. 
Um, <laughs> just, oh my God, it's you. You're the, oh, cool. Oh, and you don't know anything about dragons, dragons. or fighting or combat. You, you didn't or even politics. recognize that it was a dragon that you had until someone. Cool, 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 yeah, cool. Okay, okay, we can do cool, this. This cool. is gonna be. This I is spent gonna be my whole okay. life fighting a hellish crusade to defeat my father, but it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, you're you're the guy who's gonna lead us into battle. This. Oh, makes and sense. magic comes really naturally to you. That's awesome. Man. Can we just That's say so as well, cool, like, the, this magic system was the easiest thing in the world. Like, there's no feeling or anything behind it. You just say the word <laughs> yeah, in Elvish, like, oh. and then it's just like, okay, cool, pillow, and then a magical pillow appears, and you're happy. Like, oh, it makes no only. sense. It's great. Oh, could you imagine how great would that be? Oh, I'd be whispering pillow all the time. And he also like the 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 evil best friend kind of gave me um Breakfast Club vibes. The 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 Ooh, the, the bad yeah. guy from he definitely like, looked like him. Yeah, yeah, it was it was hot. It was yeah. Let's follow his story. Let's yeah, yeah, just yeah. say as well uh, as someone who was on the internet around the time these books came out, there are a uh-huh. lot of fan fictions about those two. Of course, there is. Why am I not surprised by this? Yeah, I could see that. I that mean, could work. I mean, how could you not? You got a himbo blonde boy and a calculating <laughs> angry you know, dark haired boy. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Chef's kiss. Um, <laughs> I will say I do I do like sort of the bigger names in this in this uh, story like they did do, like seeing John Malkovich even though he was a really bad bad guy in this it was actually fun to see him doing his thing yeah. Jeremy Irons slayed it from start to finish you know gotta love that yeah. guy <laughs> it was like he was the only one trying in this movie yeah he was Fuck. like okay I guess I'm gonna act the shit out of this I don't know <laughs> You know, I think he obviously after the Lion King, he just chose his projects based on like, you know, throwing a a dart at a dartboard that had scripts in it because, you know, clearly he doesn't need the money. When I was looking at trivia for Dungeons and Dragons, Uh um, the top piece of trivia is that Jeremy Irons only did the movie because he had just bought a castle and needed to pay that off more. The rich, they're just like us. Oh, that's so good. How fantastic. Of course he bought bu- bu- uh, bought a castle. Like, I'm not surprised by that. Goodness me. And what better way to pay off your castle than by being in a Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, and Dragons. movie? Do you think he actually plays D&D? Or do you, do you think he just like... No. No, no. Oh, he's just, no, he's not. He's he's like cool, but not in that way, you know? Right. I get you. I get you. So I, I feel uh, like he probably bullied <clears throat> the kids who played Dungeons and Dragons. You reckon? I don't know. I don't know from Jeremy Irons. I reckon he, I don't think he played Dungeons and Dragons, but I think he was definitely like a Magic the Gathering kind of kid, like yeah. way into his teenage Maybe. years. He was super I don't know. into it. I, I have weird vibes about Jeremy Irons. Um, oh, yeah. Well, so I think I told you I listened to this podcast called the Lolita podcast, and it's all about mm-hmm. like the book, the legacy of the book, because our right. society sexualizes young girls a lot and it's gross. Um, yeah. So Jeremy Irons uh, was in the Lolita movie. Right. Okay. The Adrian Line one uh, in the nineties, I think. Right. Um, and yeah, he said some problematic things, really Ooh. defending his being in the movie. Um, and the yeah. That's not so great. like. Okay. Okay. Take him. Take he, him with I'm a not saying like he's like cancelled. I just I hesitate to like love him. <laughs> right. I get you. I get you. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Take him with a grain of salt because yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, let's let's move on to a scene that could have saved it because honestly, yeah. with this one, you know, it's just yeah. it's bad on bad with more bad. It's like tough. it's so it's... tough. So my my scene that could have saved it, right, is like 
Aragon has to pay some sort of price. And I understand he loses two father figures (laughs) (laughs) within this movie, right? But it's purely out of his own stupidity both times. Um, And he still like nails magic or whatever. And like what I'm saying when he has to pay a price is not like, oh, he has to lose his father figure because he was a big Mm -hmm. dum-dum. Like, sure, it was avoidable, but sure. Yeah. Um, But more like you can't just learn magic. And they're like, oh, you just, you're really tired afterwards. Like, okay, cool. (laughs) So you can do magic, but he has to take a nap. Oh no. What 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 terrible things. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I just, I don't know. I would have liked the sequence where he, you know, has to learn something or struggle mm-hmm. at something for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he tries it ha- his hand at everything, does a little bit of a bad job, and then immediately learns to do it good again. Yeah, and it's just like, what is the point of this? this is, yeah, there is no struggle here. You're absolutely right, and so there is no real character growth. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, he doesn't really have to grow much at all. No, no. Like he's even still kind if, of an yeah. arrogant asshole by the end. Like it pays off for him every time, except, you yeah. know, his father figure died. But he doesn't seem to think that's his fault. No, no, not at all. Even though it, it, it clearly was. And I mean, if you look at the character arc, like the, 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 the final act where he heals the dragon is supposed to be his like, big fucking you know sort of uh glory moment where he's yeah. being like super selfless but it's really not because he tried to do that with jeremy irons's character and like yeah. heal him failed to do that and then he's just doing it again even though like yeah he's like i'm you know, just gonna try harder this time yeah exactly like the dragon's like nah don't do it bro like you're gonna you're gonna hmm. die but instead he's just like nah i'm just gonna do whatever the nah, fuck i want again <laughs> yeah so like he doesn't learn anything and essentially what he does learn is that he can just do whatever he wants and it will sometimes if not all the time work out for him in the best yeah. way yeah <sighs> yes yes i i agree he needed more character growth and i think that also like sort of lends to my scene that could have saved it in the fact yeah. like he just needs to pick a lane um yeah. you know as i said during the synopsis and everything he's you know half the overconfident hero who doesn't get his pegs shut down at all and he's also mm. the reluctant hero in that he doesn't want to do this but he you can't be both like i just want yeah. him to be one or the other and then like i think it with this movie like with the final battle and he has to lead the army into battle, it would have made more sense for him to be the reluctant hero um, because now he has to be the yeah, leader. For sure. Yeah. And, and yeah. He's, he's a farm boy. Like what business does he have actually? Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Fantastic story. Um, yeah. And they just like missed it by just trying to throw way too much into it. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I, I have to think that there's like some director error in there as well, because it's very mm. much how the actor plays the lines. Yeah. Um, and a good director would have picked a fucking lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So much so. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, well, what a shame. What a shame. You know, not every fantasy can can do well, but yeah. So tell what me, would you would you watch it again? I know the answer, but no, I wouldn't. I mean, I feel like maybe it deserves to have another crack taken at it. You know, okay. like the books were wildly popular. Yeah, well, hugely so. It's very standard hero's journey stuff. But, like, it's fun. It's got some cool elements. The world building is fine. Right. Um, so I'd be interested if, like, Netflix or whatever mm-hmm. decided to, you know, try again, make a series out of it, give the source material, like, it's due. I'd be interested in that, even if they just, like, marketed it as, like, a YA thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And, I mean, I I, I completely um, would never watch this again, um, no. ever, ever, ever. But I am interested in reading the books because, I mean, in in theory, like the the actual story is actually quite interesting. 
um, yeah. you know, dragons and, you know, the last two dragons. I know yeah. there are multiple, like there are books, you know, there are four books in this and they each have a different cover with a different dragon. So it kind of reveals that there are more than two <laughs> dragons. But even so, like, I'm still really excited to to, yeah. to, to, to take a crack at these books um, and just see what they're about. It seems, yeah, I think you know, I got an interesting halfway concept. halfway through the second one. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fair enough. And then I got bored because he was just training a lot. And it's like, okay, uh, there's a way to handle this, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. And that's coming from someone who has read all of the Game of Thrones books, which are uh, fucking hell. You know, uh, all of Bran's fucking chapters. Oh, my God. All the food chapters. Like, you and I love food, but good Lord. Can we just not? George. <laughs> like, I don't need to know which vineyard this wine is from and what. <laughs> let's not fucking describe the vineyard, please. No, it's very important. It comes in later when they're talking about diplomatic ties <laughs> with this. <laughs> I think you'll find, Chad. It's actually critical. Well, actually. <laughs> anyway, that's why the, ne- the next book is still not out. Yeah, of course. He's still. He needs to know, think about the implications the of that bread that he mentioned. Exactly, exactly. He, he's got to go back to every single book and see, you know, how the effects of the books has affected the granaries in each aisle and like their about production it. during that year. Obviously, I'm such a dummy dum-dum for not even realizing that. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Ahoy there, ye landlubbers. Avast, my name is Captain Logan, and I'll be your guide out on the Sea of Thieves. If you love the idea of stealing treasure, cutting down cursed skeletons, fighting off krakens, and raiding forts filled to the brim with shinies, then Sea of Thieves is the game for you. Join me each week as I dive into the news and bring back the nuggets of information that any sailor worth their weight in salt would desire. You don't have to be a pirate legend to gain access to my podcast. Just search for Keelhauled, a Sea of Thieves podcast in your podcast app of choice or head over to robotsradio.net or captainlogan.podbeam.com and get ready to set sail for adventure. Hi, I'm Sebastian Azaro. And I'm inviting you to the Hidden Pixels podcast, a show exploring those gaming stories you might have missed on your first playthrough. Whether it's a side character's dark past or a small piece of information that changes the entire fictional universe, I'd like to share with story lovers and gamers alike. From Nintendo to Bethesda to your favorite indie games, we're looking at all different types of series to find these hidden stories. So join us every two weeks on the Hidden Pixels podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcatcher. I can't wait to share these stories with you. Thanks. Well, okay, now let's spend a good hour just fanboying and fangirling about (laughs) D&D, because I thought I was going to hate this. I'm pretty sure you thought you were going to hate this, and holy shit, I actually really thoroughly enjoyed this, and I'm so glad. But you did oh too. Oh my god. Okay. Let me tell you all about D&D. <laughs> On a macro level, okay? <laughs> what you've got, guys, is a society where mages are considered superior and everyone else can eat dirt. <laughs> However, Empress Savina, played by Thora Birch, is about to ascend to power and she's like, hey, what if everyone was equal? And everyone's like, what? <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Okay, um, lady. 
<laughs> Most against this is the mage Profion, played by Jeremy Irons. He definitely does not want her ascending to power and disrupting the social hierarchies that he is benefiting from. So to defeat her, he tries to outmaneuver her in the Senate, basically saying that she has to give up her scepter, her magical scepter, which helps her control golden dragons. Uh, he's like, you have to give it up uh, or else you're too <laughs> powerful or some shit. And she's like, oh no, what do I do? So the one mage, uh, I think it's Asmath. That sounds about right. Robert Milano. Could be. I mean, yeah, if he's credited, it's probably him, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, he's like, oh no, there's this other rod <laughs> called the Rod of Savril. And this actually lets you control red dragons, which are even stronger than gold dragons. Uh, so if you get that, then when you give them your scepter, it's cool because you'll have this other backup one. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Pro- Profion hears about this and he's like, okay, I got to get me that rod first. So while this is happening, we also meet Ridley, played by Justin Wellen, and his bestie Snails, played by <laughs> who else but Marlon Wayans. <laughs> so happy to see this guy. Unbelievable work. The two of them are common thieves who are mad about the social system, but mainly their like idea of solving it is just to keep stealing from the rich, which like yeah. fair enough. In order to do this, they break into the school of magic and they decide they're just going to like lift whatever they find, get the fuck out. Unfortunately, they picked a bad day because the mage, <laughs> Marina Pretensa, played by Zoe McClellan, catches them in the act. While she's busy t- threatening to take them to the guards, th- that's when Profion's right-hand man, Damodar, played by a very poorly made-up Bruce Payne, <laughs> bursts in, kills Asmath, and is like, where the fuck is the scroll? Marina is able to just escape with the scroll and accidentally brings Ridley and Snails along with her. From there, shenanigans ensue. Uh, they are desperately trying to track down the rod. They meet friends along the way, uh, including a dwarf, Vildan Vilder, played by Edward Jewsberry. <laughs> is that right? Is that the right person? No. no. Elwood Gutworthy is the dwarf. <laughs> Played by Lee Ehrenberg. And they embark out to find, first of all, the dragon eye, which is a stone. Uh, and that's the one that's held by Vilden Vilder, played by Edward Jewsbury. Uh, basically, Ridley has to like navigate a maze and then he gets the eye and they have to escape. They're basically running all the time from Damodar and his men. <laughs> Uh, They also meet Norda, played by Kristen Wilson. She is an elf spy who was actually sent by the Empress to also get a hold of the rod. So they realize they're on the same side. They keep working together. Uh, Snails, unfortunately, gets killed by Damodar. It's very sad. They must carry on, though, because, you know, their quest is noble. Um, And the further (laughs) they go on, the more Ridley starts believing in the quest. He and Marina fall in love, surprising absolutely nobody. They eventually get the rod, but they're too late the empress refused to give up her to give up her scepter she has summoned a bunch of golden dragons to attack things people the rest of the senate it's a bit of a mess yeah everyone else essentially like all of her own people profion uh manages to get the set the rod of uh, whatever it's called savril profion manages to get the rod of savril because damodar steals at the last minute so now there's a dragon fight in the air uh luckily ridley shows up to save the day he fights profion uh just enough until the empress can show up and she fights profion and eventually he gets eaten by a fucking dragon (laughs) uh and then she wins um 
We cut to several weeks later, Ridley's about to get knighted and he's at Snails's grave. Uh, he's just bidding his friend goodbye, thanking him for all the good times. Then the eye of the dragon stone that he has starts to glow. They all put their hands on it and disappear. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. And that's the end. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's that's the great thing I, about it. I'm very yeah. baffled by this ending, Chad. Do they die? I think they survive. I think they're going on a quest now, and I think that to... Snails lives. I think that was the whole point because like his name oh, okay. is erased from the stone, and everyone like looks at each other like, "Oh, or oh, could it be?" Okay, my, so they're that not was like going to the afterlife to join him. I mean, I that's a good interpretation. By that yeah, ending. it is very, very confusing ending. I'll give it to you. Um, but in some way, they're going on another adventure. I think, and you know, sure. spectral Isn't death form. The greatest adventure of all. Oh, Simone, who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) So, what is your cliffhanger for this bad boy? Oh, it's definitely this one. And it's at the very beginning when Jeremy Irons has this like, I guess, scepter that he's trying to make to try and control uh-huh. a dragon. Just the sounds that he makes, like oh, he yeah. is full on having an orgasm. <laughs> um, he overplays this role so well and it's, it's so fun. It works fantastically. You would think it would be OTT, but honestly, perfect. It really just like it goes to the ridiculousness of this movie and yeah. just works beautifully. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think the thing about this movie is it kind of captures like what makes D&D fun is like exactly there yes. are ridiculous characters does the dwarf have any character building no, no that is clearly someone being played by someone like me who pinched up did not do homework and was like yeah I'm here <laughs> yeah I'll just do the thing yeah uh, no, you're uh, so yeah right. swing an axe now I don't know <laughs> You're, you're so right and that was that was the one thing that i wanted to say as well is the fact that like it is enjoyable because it is like an actual D campaign i mean you and i used to play D all the time for our listeners who do not know that and honestly it never went as nobly as like the lord of the rings went <laughs> it went always it was always chaotic we always did dumb shit and we always just like, like had the best time we, like you weren't the main instigator of that like, yes i was the main instigator but you guys joined in with my ridiculousness sometimes not by force i uh, well, sorry well so, yeah sometimes not by force most of the time by force uh mm. because you had to protect me from doing more stupid shit <laughs> <laughs> was a good time had by all yes so yes. am i upset about it no um, but yeah, this movie just like encapsulated that. I think they couldn't have picked a better person than than a Wayne's brother to really bring that home, right? Honestly, I really liked Snail. I thought he was super fun. He was mm-hmm. so cute. I was really sad when he died because I was like, well, there yeah. goes the funniest character in this whole thing. <laughs> I was more upset when, when when Snails died than when Brom died in Aragon. Like I did not care when Brom died. Yeah. But when Snails yeah, I was dies, like, you're just oh, like, oh, wow. It yeah. isn't the consequences of Aragon's actions. Oh, no. But yeah, when Snails dies, he does it for a purpose. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's so good. Oh, and the way oh. Ridley falls to his knees oh on God. the ground. <laughs> if that wasn't great <laughs> acting, I'm a, the best idea I've seen, just like angry white man fist. Did just, you know oh. also that Marlon Wayans, uh, at the same time as he was filming this, was also filming Requiem for a Dream? <laughs> Who was he in an earlier very, 2000s life? Very different vibes. So he must have just been... Really yeah. switching personalities. This was this was clearly his yes year, where he just said yeah. yes to any project that he was given. Why not? 
Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> Today I'll be a thief in D&D land fighting a, a man who has the most spectacular purple lipstick. Blue lipstick. Shall we talk about him? Because oh I love God. him as a character. He was a great character, but his makeup artist did him so dirty. <laughs> he has this like foundation that doesn't match his skin tone at all. And it's you can see exactly where the blending stops uh -huh. on his neck. <laughs> it is so distracting. <laughs> I was furious. I was like, everybody else's makeup is fine. <laughs> what did this poor man do? He obviously, he, he pissed someone off. It was very clear. Oh. Uh, but I loved him. Like him as a character was fantastic. You've got like these little moments where he's like really human and stuff. Like when he's talking to um, the, the 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 female mage, and he's just like, he's infected me with this fucking thing, yeah. and like he has like a full on breakdown wild. about it, and and then he immediately switches, and you're just like, damn, do you know that this is a Dungeons and Dragons movie? Like, he acted why the are you? Shit out of that. Yeah, why are you taking this so hard? Why are you doing such a hardcore job at this? This is Dungeons and Dragons, the movie guy. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that he did. I really am. Um, yeah, what, what else did you enjoy about it? Uh, oh, I loved the maze sequence. That mm -hmm. was so fun. That was like pure D&D &D goodness. It was yes. mwah, chef's kiss. You have yes. some thief overlord who's like, yeah, you can have the stone if you pass the maze. Mm -hmm. And then like all these booby traps, booby traps, booby traps, which are so fun when you're actually playing D&D. &D. Yes. And there's a time limit and he has to run and he has to roll uh, stealth checks and all that fun uh -huh. shit and observation checks. Yes. And he gets through and the thief's like, ha ha, I'm going to take it. Um, it's just, it's great. It's, mm -hmm. yeah. It was peak entertainment. Like uh, I was watching this with Rudy and we kind of agreed that it starts off a little dodgy, gets really good. And then by the end, you're like, wait. Yeah. yeah, I was, I will say, I will agree with you there. The ending is a little bit off. Like the whole fight scene with Jeremy Irons. Like why is the female mage so bad at magic she is a mage and yet she is so useless and it makes me so sad my question though okay so by the time like they have this rod and they're bringing it back like by that time the time limit for her to like give up her scepter is passed and she's like yeah. well i'm just not gonna fucking do that and you guys can die mad about it <laughs> yeah. um and then they're like, oh, we're really mad. Like something must be done. And she was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to summon some dragons with my scepter that I didn't give you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh, so it's like, okay. So this rod actually only complicated things more. Like she's had the situation under control. Yes, absolutely. And it was, it was really funny because like Jeremy Irons character said, like he says this in the beginning to like one of his evil henchmen. He's like, if she gives up the rod, that's great because then we contain, we, we remain pow powerful. If she keeps the rod, well, then it just goes to what I was saying about her trying to like overthrow us. Mm -hmm. So either way I win, but then it kind of falls apart because she keeps the rod and just fucking destroys them. Yeah. Um, which is brilliant. And, and yeah, it, it kind of backfires on him in that respect. Uh, and, and it's like, it was a weird diplomacy move. It was, it's all very strange because it's like, my guy, like either be like lawful evil and like outmaneuver mm -hmm. her politically <laughs> or be evil evil, but like you're trying to do both and it's just fucking you around. Yeah. He's not, he's not pouring all of his energy into one medium and he just doesn't know what to do with both. Yeah, absolutely. And his poor, like the poor, poor bodyguard, he's just doing all the work. Oh, like he's, he's trying just, the most. Oh, you gotta love him. And then like Jeremy Irons just fucking betrays him and doesn't give a shit at the end. And it's just like, oh. Oh, okay, my guy. I'm sorry. Right. I want to give you a big hug and like, you know, smooth that bald head of yours, you beautiful yeah. man. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, I think we said it at the end of last week's episode where we were saying sort of like, how are they going to make a good D&D movie? Like, how do you yeah. take the concept of D&D and yeah. make it into a movie? And they nailed it. Like, You just make a fucking fun quest with cool yeah. characters that you yeah. meet along the way. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm probably going to make this into a D&D quest because this is actually badass. Like, you know... <laughs> This is a pretty yeah, cool thing. Yeah, I mean, thing. I'd maybe fix, fix up some of the internal inconsistencies. Yeah. But yeah. Also, fix up the ending. also, can I just say, when they're at Snail's grave, like they're in a graveyard. Yeah. And they've clearly, you know, just won the favor of the Empress. Like he's about to be knighted. And the best he can do grave wise is a rock <laughs> that he wrote <laughs> on in chalk. <laughs> snails. Look, he's gotten everything he wants. He doesn't really he give a shit about snails. for a gravestone, <laughs> my guy. You know, no one gives a shit about snails once he's dead. You know, Ridley's got the girl. He's got the power. Yeah. He's made yeah. it. Yeah, he's fuck like, snails. snails. <laughs> yeah, you know, snails sacrificed himself, but nah, nah, nah. Fuck you, snails. Oh, snails. You oh, did. poor snails. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. didn't deserve him. Oh man, and that scene where he, where snails is hitting on the elf in the bar as well, just fantastic and the fact that like fantastic. i think all of that scene was great but it was encapsulated and just like made them more perfect by the fact that the dwarf the dwarf he did he, he pushed someone out the way and then just went bar fight and everyone just fucking lost their minds <laughs> and i thought that was a beautiful beautiful thing that's that. just you know, that's just what medieval taverns are like <laughs> if you're like are we are we brawling <laughs> we do it yeah just cheeky brawl Someone someone accidentally says fight instead of fright, and then it's just straight onto it. Just like oh, immediate disaster. Fight. Happened so many times. <laughs> and that's when you have to call in Patrick Swayze, the number one bouncer in America. Oh, she did it. She done it, ladies and gentlemen. She brought it back to an earlier Let's episode. Bring Patrick Swayze back. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> maybe we can. All we need to do is find the ruby red eye of a dragon. And uh I, I guess what class wish on he it. would be. Would he be like what? A barbarian? Barbarian, barbarian elf because he's quite nimble as well. I know that's yes, like a really big. Tough. He can really take yeah. a hit. Elves have yeah. low constitution. And he would he would definitely be a chaotic uh, chaotic good because no matter yeah. no matter how he does it, <laughs> throat ripping and everything. I, I'm not even sure it's good. I think he would just be chaotic neutral. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. You make a really good point. Um, yeah, All he like, wants his order in the bar. Beyond that, like, like nothing else matters. That's what he's paid for. That's what he's come to do, and he he will stop at nothing to do it. Also, yeah. can I say that I love that? Like this empress, like comes to power. And then you just sort of hear in the distance, she makes a speech. She's like, I now declare you're all equal. Yes. And it's like, okay, but systemically. like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I think that's what how, changes are you making? <laughs> I think that's what that's what Abraham Lincoln wanted as well. That's probably what he did as well with like yeah. the, the emancipation, emancipation yeah. proclamation. He was just like, yeah, you're all equal now and everything's fine. Yeah. So cool. Nice and now guys. that's why we don't have racism anymore. Why we don't have racism. Yeah. Him and Barack Obama, like as soon as Barack Obama became... Um, president as well it was over like, by racism yeah, by racism i didn't know this like I, you you said this in your synopsis and obviously it's, in, it's said in the movie as well that red dragons are stronger than gold dragons yeah. now i had to go and look it up because i didn't believe that i always thought gold dragons were stronger than red dragons they are of equal strength both are strength oh. uh, with a 30 uh with 30 on on their strength modifier oh so well. so Pretty equal fashion poor, there. Poor showing there, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. <laughs> Come on, it's in the Dungeons and Dragons manual. It's not that hard to find. It's under dragons. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I mean, I, I get that they could get confused. I mean, there are a lot of dragons. You know, you got green dragons, copper dragons, wyverns. Yes. Oh my god. And then what? Like the little ones, the little dragon. Oh, the cute little yeah, little dra- dra- draconites or something like that. Whatever they're called. I don't know. Yeah. We fought a bunch of them. Drakes. Drakes. That's what they're called. Yes. Yes. Drakes. And we just murdered them. I think that was like one of our first campaigns together that we ever did. We just yes, murdered a whole so. bunch of a oh, bunch of drakes. Now I feel bad. <laughs> We had to do what we had to do, yeah, Simone. It was war. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think next time I'll just like have a character that has treats in its bag. And it's like, hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> You're just a mom, little basically. spray bottle. <laughs> <laughs> just do an orc's face. Just like, yeah. hey, stop it. Hey. <laughs> Come now. Hey. What are you doing? Why are we doing this? Yeah. And he's just like, what? Oh. What, what kind of behavior is this? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Drunk is, is sorry. And then just like trudges <laughs> off and you win. And it's brilliant. Yeah. High diplomacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so scene that could have saved it. Anything for you on this one? Uh, I didn't want snails to die. And I mm-hmm. would get, if he must die, can we get rid of the end scene? Because <laughs> I was so confused. Just have him get ignited. Yeah. Like, let's, let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> yeah, it was. It would have been a great area if it was like a Star Wars finale. You know, everyone's got their medals and R2-D2's there just like being cute and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah, for me, yeah. it's I, I just would have liked a better ending as well. I feel like that whole thing on the castle top where like they're fighting and no one's really doing anything and it's kind of like a weird ass battle. Yeah. That was rough. Tighten it up. Let's make it like a lot more epic. You know, you've got some really great characters there that could do like a really good fight scene. Yeah, fix it. Yeah. Um, cool. Would you watch it again? Maybe. Ooh. Sure. I, I would like, probably watch this again. Yeah. It would have to be a very specific occasion. Right. <laughs> But yeah, sure. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't be like, no, turn it off, put it away. Anytime I can watch <laughs> Jeremy Irons overact the shit out of something, I'll watch it. Also, we you. forgot to mention that Jimon Hunsu, our yes, boy, made a special Aragon. appearance in Aragon. Yes, yes. He was the, the leader of the Vada, which was very cool. I love, love that he just signs on to shitty movies and owns it. I love it. Yeah. I love that yeah. man. That is his that is his brand and he just nails yeah. it every like, time. And he is a good actor, right? We yes. know because we saw him in Never Back Down, which yes. again was actually a great role for him. And I'll defend <laughs> that. We saw him in Never Back Down. We saw him in Blood Diamond. He was amazing. <laughs> yes. No, he is a he's objectively a great actor. He just yeah. chooses very poorly. His he's agent like, I just want to be in a shit. fantasy setting. I'm yeah. sorry. I just I love wearing fantasy clothes. I like That's my vibe. to see dragons. Yeah. Perfect. Good on you, bud. You just do. I love you. him. Yeah, he's obviously got a great life. You know, he's everyone knows him. He's the guy who does fantasy movies and other terrible movies. Um, yeah, I go. I agree with you. Like, it's got to be a very specific one to watch this film. I think it's got to be a situation where I'm introducing people to D and D. They finally like. Yeah. They're really enjoying Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm like, wait, we're gonna take this up to the next level. Bomb on Dungeons and Dragons, blow their hmm. freaking minds. Yeah. And apparently, in 2023, there is a new Dungeons and Dragons movie <gasps> coming out. Yes. Okay. So yes. keep everything the exact same. Just tighten up the ending, and yes. we're good. Like word yes. for word, beat for beat, keep it the same. If Marlon Wayans isn't in this one, I will be furious. Yeah, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it if if he's not in it. If he's not snails, yeah. fuck it. No, come on. I'm not interested. Ugh. Ugh. Well, thank you so much for Simone for taking us down this realm. I mean, yeah, fantasy action is is a is a genre we haven't done in a while, and I'm really glad you yeah. you you decided to make us do it. Yeah, I think pretty much since what our King Arthur episode, we haven't really mm-hmm. done a lot of fantasy action. Yeah, exactly. So I'm very happy we went down this road. So tell me then, Simone, what is your gratitude for this week? 
My gratitude for this week, Chad, you know what I'm really grateful for is that like, as like veganism and vegetarian Mm -hmm. becomes more mainstream, places have gotten a lot better about feeding vegans and vegetarians. Yes. Yes. Um, I was I was thinking about like when I first moved to Cape Town, like God, ten years ago, and like how hard it was for me to find places that had like not just vegetarian options, but like delicious vegetarian options. And for my vegan friend, it was just impossible. Like she basically couldn't go out (laughs) to eat anywhere. Yeah. Um, And today we met up this morning. We went to a bakery that's entirely vegan. (gasps) Incredible. I had a chicken pot pie and a sausage roll. Uh, you know, sausage. Yeah. Chicken, quote unquote that made my whole heart sing. It was so fucking tasty. Oh, um, wow. And then we had vegan donuts, <gasps> which were also spectacular. That's and it was so just cool. Like, like, it's so cool, even like uh, in grocery stores now. Mm-hmm. Like, the amount of options available to me as protein, like as meat substitutes yeah. or like plant-based protein, like it's, it's wild. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, and it's even easier. That means like if you're uh, someone who is thinking of fucking around with vegetarianism or veganism, or even just like having slightly less meat, like mm-hmm. the options out there are so tasty. It's not even hard anymore. No, exactly. It, it doesn't taste like sawdust anymore. Like the progression of it is, is just, it's astronomical. Yeah. Like you cannot believe how far things have come and how tasty this stuff is now. So tasty. Like, like I found Rudy, this. Com- who yeah. is a self-professed meat and potatoes guy uh-huh. often like just doesn't have meat in his meal and he won't even notice because no. like the substitutes I've used are, are so delicious. Yeah. I found this really specific kebab meat that is vegan and Ooh, honestly it's better than normal kebab yes. meat. it genuinely like i'm having it for dinner tonight and i'm so fucking excited for it yeah. it is just so good and you're so so right like i remember you wrote an article for our old website yeah. about this and how difficult it was and like what you would like to see from restaurants going forward and yeah. you know they've kind of like they've taken that on board in a way and it's, i think it's my just... article is what actually was the tipping point <laughs> you're the revolution you started it <laughs> you are the mockingjay of vegetarianism <laughs> We can just we can say that it's canon now. That's the rule. <laughs> oh God, what is okay? What's your gratitude, you silly man? <laughs> I think it's being called a silly man by you makes me just so happy. Um, honestly, uh, it's 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 I don't know why, but it's come up a couple times this week, and I'm just so happy. And it just I, it reminds me of the small joys in life. When you speak to a woman and you say and you compliment her in a dress, and she says thanks, it has pockets. Simone, there is not a joy in this world that is akin (laughs) or comparable to the look on a woman's face, the joy on a woman's face when she tells you that her dress has pockets. And she puts her hands in her pockets to show you. Yeah, to just exemplify. I mean, I've seen pockets before. I know how they work. But to just show me that you have pockets, the joy on your face that you have pockets in your dress, it it will always make me happy and you know whenever I'm feeling sad I just think about that and the fact that you know women are so happy when they have pockets in the dress we're so starved for pockets and especially like in a dress like you don't expect it in a dress no exactly what are these things how crazy I can store so many things so many things in my pockets in my person that's where the things go you're like a squirrel and it's great and uh, yeah, that that's come up a couple of times this week, and I'm just really grateful for those small joys like that. Like that is, <laughs> that's you know, cute. you could you could power a city on the amount of joy that a woman produces <laughs> when she has pockets. You really could. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So Simone, I have an idea for next week. All right. Okay. Get ready for this. Now, there is only one way that I would describe you. Okay, as a person, as my friend, as you know, a confidant and a joy, uh-huh. and that's as a national treasure. 
So, Simone, we will be doing next week National Treasure 1 and National Treasure 2 Book of Motherfucking Secrets. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) cry. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm thrilled. I know, I know. I'm so happy about it. When I saw it, I was like, I was thinking about it. I don't know what, what it came up, but I was just like, well, like, I, I want to, let's just see how National Treasure 1 did, because obviously National Treasure 2, yeah. it doesn't matter, like, it did badly yeah. regardless. And I was like, I went to see it, and it was like 43%, and I was just overjoyed, unbelievably oh. happy about it. Yes. Fuck yeah. So fucking, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yes. Let's go into some weird <sighs> conspiracy-based American history with our boy, Nicky Cage. Fucking you yes. and me and Nick reunited. Oh, so happy about it. I might reach out to him, see if he wants to come on the podcast. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, would, I would die. I don't, I, we wouldn't be able to say anything. Like, we would just let him talk and just, yeah, that would be it. Like, I don't know what I would do. I'd cry. Yeah. Oh. So, yes, National Treasure 1 and 2. I'm so happy. I'm so Unbelievable. happy. <laughs> So thank you guys so much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. If you're so happy that we're doing National Treasure, please tell us what other movies would you like to do? We're coming up to 100 episodes pretty soon, so we're thinking of really cool themes to do along with that. So if you have any suggestions, any ideas, please do let us know. And where can they do that, Simone? They can talk to us on Facebook or Instagram at Fresh Tomatoes Podcast, on Twitter at Fresh Tomatoes MP. They can email us at freshtomatospodcast at gmail.com. They can also hang out with us on the Robots Radio Discord. Guys, our 100th episode is coming up and we need ideas. Yes, so please do drop them down. We, we, we'd love to hear from you guys and you, you guys always come up with the best ideas. So I am really, really excited. And uh, there you have it. And as we say, at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it. We love you and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources.